So good morning and welcome to a special episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today we're talking to my friend George Gitchell. He started a company that specifically focuses on our waste management system and how it's a little bit broken. So George, please introduce yourself, what you're doing, what you're working on, and how you're going to save our garbage problem. Sure. So thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, my name is George Gitchell. I'm the founder and CEO of EcoHub, and my mission is to end garbage on the planet. And by so doing, create a zero waste society and reduce the carbon footprint by a whopping 30% or more. And oh, so turn, turn garbage <laughs> into a driver of economic development and environmental sustainability. It's all resources to us. So when you and I first met, you talked about the fact that our recycling is broken. Everyone right. would send everything to Southeast Asia. That's no longer happening. The recycling really isn't happening the way it should be. You actually invented something 20 years ago. Would you mind giving a little background into the fact sure. that you've been working on this for a very long time? Sure, I have. Uh, I've actually been in the recycling and waste business for 40 years, so that tells my age. My mom was on the city council of a, a, a town called San Bruno in Northern California, which is where the San Francisco International Airport is. And she started the first curbside recycling program for single family homes in the state of California. That was her kind of claim to fame. And uh, anyway, I was in the business at the time and I saw what was being done. It was very rudimentary. And I thought there has to be a better way. And over the years, I've developed a system. I have 27 patents now, 12 in the US, 15 internationally on a fully mechanized, fully automated system that uses conventional technology arranged in a very unique way to sort everything that's in the solid waste stream. So you put all your garbage, all your recyclables, all your yard waste in one can, it's picked up by one truck, thereby lowering the carbon footprint and lowering the cost to the residents or to the multifamily homeowners or to the business community. You so don't have to ask people to sort anything. I was gonna Go add ahead. like, so right now we have to sort everything. We right. have our yard waste, we have our recyclables, and then we Correct. have trash. So you can handle everything in one bin, one pickup, one dumpster. That's right. So let me tell you how this all started in California. They've had four seminal environmental laws that have been enacted from, to, from 1989 till 2016. And all of these laws, there's four of them, were directed to divert as much waste from the landfill as possible. But the real end game there is to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions caused by garbage in landfills. That's the end game, right? So when that the first bill was called AB 939, it was enacted in 1989. And essentially what it did is it mandated that every single city and county in the state of California had to get to 50% reduction of waste going to the landfill by the year 2000. So they all had to come up with these plans to figure out how they're going to do that. How, how are we going to get from 1989 to 2000 and a 50% reduction? So what happened was consultants descended upon the state to yes. give them the idea of what to do. And there's a company in San Francisco called Recology at the time it was called NorCal. And they came up with this idea of, well, let's do three routes. Okay. Let's do one route for garbage, one route for recyclables and one route for yard waste. And we'll pick it up with three different trucks. We'll take the yard waste to a composting facility. We'll take the recyclables to a recycling facility it will take the garbage to the landfill. That okay. was the plan. And consequently, 
99.6% of the cities in California and virtually 100% of the cities outside of California adopted these plans. Why? Well, the garbage companies that are also the biggest recyclers make most of their money, 75% of their revenue off collection. So yes. say oh. they make $40 a ton in profit, they make uh, $30 a ton off collection and $10 a ton off disposal and recycling. So the money's in the collection, right? This is also the way the Europeans do it, but it's heavily subsidized by the governments over there. They separate everything. You can go to a European household and they could have five to 10 different bins out in front for different grades of plastic and yeah. even diapers, okay? So the whole model has been built upon source separation. That is directing people, whether you are in your home or in a commercial business, to separate different things out of the waste stream. And we say that these things are recyclable, you know, certain types of paper, certain types of cardboard, uh, certain types of plastic, glass, certain types of glass, certain types of metal. And you put those in a separate bin, right? And your yard waste, okay, put your yard waste in a separate bin and then everything else is garbage. Yeah. Same thing on commercial and multifamily accounts because in California, these laws now have migrated from single family homes to multifamily homes to commercial accounts. So now you've got everybody in the sector separating all these different materials and having them collected separately and then brought to separate places to have them collect and, and processed. Well, here's the problem too. Been, People aren't doing a good job separating them. Well, they, they never have been because yeah. look, let, you're an environmentalist, I'm an environmentalist. We're conscientious about this. We're, it's our life and we say, okay, you know, we're gonna put these things, we're gonna wash out our bins or, or our containers and we're gonna put them in bins. We're gonna do all yeah. this stuff. But what really happens, you know, 70, 80% of the people, they wanna do the right thing, but they really don't know how to do it. And yes. things yeah. happen, right? In, 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 in recycling bins, sometimes people have more garbage during the week and they say, well, I'll just put it in the recycling bin. So if you look at recycling across America, it's called single stream recycling, where you put all your recyclables in one container. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have anywhere from 10 to 40% garbage in those containers. So you're, you're setting out your recycling container, it goes to a sorting facility, and then you're pulling out 40% of the stuff, which is garbage that has to go to the landfill anyway. And it's very expensive to do this. The other problem with this is it's not just getting the people, whether you're at home or at work to put the right things in the right container and not just the cost of having to pick up everything separately, but the whole system is built on the opposite of a closed loop, right? So you, you separate your recycling, it's picked up by a separate truck, it goes to a separate processing facility, it all gets sorted, gets bailed up or packaged, and then it gets shipped overseas to mills that turn it back into new products. China, up until 2018, was buying probably 85% of the recyclables, everything but glass, from the US, and 50% of the world's materials. And in 2018, they closed the markets for that yep. because they had enough internal supply to be able to not have to buy it from anybody else. It's like we don't sell OPEC oil, right? Well, China didn't need to buy our resources anymore. So they said, we're stopping. Of course, they blamed it on contamination, which was all nonsense. And the garbage companies here use that as a blame game technology or not technology, a blame game scheme, basically, to get 
higher prices for recyclables because they weren't making money off selling them anymore. So they decided, well, the only way we're going to make money off recycling is to raise our recycling prices or processing costs to as much as $150 a ton so we can make all our profit off the processing. And we're not reliant on selling into the commodity markets. And then they blame the customer said, oh, you bad customers, you're contaminating your waste. Well, it's their responsibility to sort it, not yours. You're putting all your recyclables in one bin, right? Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is this. Interesting though. It, yeah. It's interesting because look, first of all, it's inefficient to, yeah. to say to people of every different background, you need to set just these things into this one blue bin. You need to put this in just the green bin and you need to put this in the black bin. Yeah. At every single level, you know, it's not efficient anyway. And my whole thing, and I came up with this idea 25 years ago was look, if you look at the waste stream, every single thing in it is a resource. Everything is a resource, including diapers. We have technologies now that can take diapers, remove them from the waste stream mechanically through the system, and then turn them back into the materials that create new diapers in a closed oh. loop. Okay, so like literally every single thing that's in the waste stream has a different resource value as a feedstock to be used in a manufacturing conversion technology on the back end to make it into something of a higher value. All in a closed loop, all the circular economy that everybody talks about. So my thing was, why are we shipping all these resources out to other countries along with the jobs? Why don't we keep everything local? And if you have a closed loop and you have everything in one bin, it's the least expensive approach for the customer. Absolutely. Nobody has to sort anything because it's all good stuff. It all has varying values, right? But if you look at the sorting system that I created, think of it like a smartphone. You buy a smartphone, you have different apps that you put on the smartphone. Okay. It's got the same basic operating system, but you put all these different apps on it. Well, think of manufacturing technologies as apps to that smartphone sorting system. So if you look at the eco hub, the center part of it is this mechanized sorting system. And it's it's 100 percent automated. There's no people in the plant sorting through garbage because we shouldn't be doing that here in the United States or anywhere else for that matter. Right. Yeah. So the system is all designed off the laws of physics. So it separates literally every single grade of paper, every single type of plastic, every single type of metal, glass by color yard waste, food waste, manure, wood, textiles, electronic waste, household hazardous waste. Literally everything that's in the waste stream goes through this mechanized 90 step process and comes out in very pure streams, all guaranteed by major manufacturers and companies to be used as feedstocks to then manufacture or convert into new products. So you have the EcoHub sorting system, then on the paper that we separate by grade, we put a paper mill behind the plant and yes. make it into new paper products. We can make tissue products. We can make paper towels. We can make liner board. We can make, uh, uh, you know, like a fiber board replacement out of 100% recycled paper. The plastics all go through a size reduction washing, drying, flake sorting, pelletizing operation to make food grade pellets for all the different grades of plastic so that we can manufacture new products out of them. So all the plastic, and I'm talking about like things like straws and caps and things that don't have any recycling value, yeah. have a value to us because we pull out of the stream, plastic's plastic, right? The grades of plastics are the grade of plastic and we make it in new pellets that are used to make new products. 
the food waste, the yard waste, the animal manure go through a process called anaerobic digestion, which is essentially a steel stomach. It's a big tank with microbes in the bottom of it. They eat the organic material. They produce gas, water, and solids. So we make renewable natural gas. We make renewable power. And then we can grow food in greenhouses on the same site, powered off the organics that we remove out of the waste stream using the water for irrigation, the solids for fertilizer, and the gas for power to run the greenhouse. So you've got everything so in Everything. Way. We make glass into cullet to make new glass products, either new bottles or new, new insulation materials. All the metals get recycled into new metal products. Literally everything. So 100% waste, or in my, sort, in my, my, my case, resources come in. They get separated mechanically at a very low cost. And then right there on the same campus, there's all these manufacturing technologies. And one example, we have 23 different technologies that turn it all into new sustainable products, all 100% off the grid. So we make our own power. So we don't require any power from outside. We have zero effluence, zero water effluence, zero air effluence. It's completely carbon neutral, carbon negative manufacturing. And all the waste goes bye-bye in the lowest possible cost collection system. And we, 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 we generate billions of dollars of local ec economic activity, hundreds if not thousands of jobs, all green jobs, and 100% privately financed. So all the community has to do is give us your garbage, put yeah. it all in one can, save all this money for your customers, and you get to zero waste. And we've done all the calculations on this. If you take a ton of solid waste, which is 85% carbon, and you use it in the way in which we do to separate all the different materials out, and then you, you manufacture new products in a carbon neutral or negative way, and you distribute them locally, you get a four to one reduction in carbon emissions because of the life cycle analysis of this, right? Instead of pulling oil out of the ground from so far away place, transporting it to a refinery, yeah. then <clears throat> going through all the energy to crack it and then make it into a gas and make it into a liquid, then make it into a pellet and then go to a bottle manufacturing plant and then ship the finished bottles to a bottling plant and then ship that to a distribution warehouse and then to a grocery store where it's bought, consumed and thrown in the garbage. Instead with the closed loop, we take that same bottle, make it in a new bottle right there, and we reduce the energy, which is the carbon emissions, by four mm -hmm. to one. So for every ton of garbage, that's four tons of carbon emissions that are reduced. You see what I'm saying? So oh, no, if you I apply this to the whole country, we could build 734 eco hubs that would handle the 459 million tons of waste a year. We would reduce the carbon footprint by almost two billion tons per year, which is about 30% of the entire U.S. output at the same time that we get to zero waste. Why not do that? Well, I was just going to bring up. So when you first brought up using a single bin, single mm -hmm. waste stream source, you are removing an income stream from the waste management system. Right. So as you said, they have three trucks, three routes, three pickups. Right. So you're going to take their money. That's why, I mean, you and I have discussed some of the hesitancy that you've received from waste management companies. That's a nice way of putting it. It's a very nice way of putting it. I play nice. I play neutral. But yeah, they have, they've offered to buy your patents because. Well, yeah, they're, um, they're an interesting group, you know. Um, so it, it's not just the 
collection revenues, it's the landfill revenues, it's the recycling revenues. And, you know, I'm going to be forthright with you. It's also mm. the recycling companies that are outside of the garbage companies. It's also the paper manufacturers because we make paper. So we're competitor to them. It's the plastics processors. It's, it's the consultants that work with the garbage industry and work with the recyclers and go in and get bids, money for bids to build new facilities. It's the, the people that, that design new landfills. It's all these different industries interlinked to the status quo way of doing things. I'm a disruptor. Yes. Right? I'm coming in saying we cannot live with the 20th century uh, mm -hmm. model on a 21st century problem. You know, the garbage is growing all over the world. We have the technology right now to clean the plastics out of the ocean and turn it into new products. We have the technology right now, right now, to go into the developing world and take all their garbage, which is causing massive methane escape and massive leachate and massive health problems, and get rid of all that and turn it into renewable energy, drinking water, fertilizer, and renewable fuels. Right now. Right now. So I'm going back to the I, what I did, yeah, what I did when I came up with this, and it's been a 25-year journey, right? Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought of in 2008, when I had the whole thing put together, the sorting system, all the technologies, I had the whole package ready to go. All I needed was garbage. So I said to myself, look, I'm not going to go try to cross swords with, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar business in the United States. That is really like a cartel or a syndicate. That's what they really are. <laughs> I'm going to go try to go with an olive branch and say, look, I've got a system that can take all this garbage that you have and turn it into something that has 10, 20, 30 times the value by not putting it into a landfill and turning it into new products. And I'm willing to share that technology with you. Let me build these eco hubs at every one of your landfills. The landfill goes bye-bye. You never have to cap it. No more problems with that. And you make two, three, four times more money per ton than you're making right now. So you can be a hero to all your customers. If you guys want to keep doing three route collections, I don't care because my system is agnostic to how it's collected. If you want to keep up the same thing, go ahead and do it. Just bring it all to us and we'll sort it anyway. But, yeah. you know, do the right thing for your customer. Put it in one bin. It's easier for everybody. You can make a lot more money. So I went to a really big company first. Um, and I, I spent, <laughs> oh, it was lovely. So <laughs> I spent a year getting vetted by them under the condition that the whole deal was going to be, I'm going to own the technology. I'm not going to sell it because at the time I had, I think two or three patents issued. Um, yes, two or three patents issued but I had a whole bunch of other patents that were in process. So I didn't want to sell anything. Yeah, that makes sense. I said, look, I'll do this. I'll go through this extreme vetting with you under NDA where you can look under the kimono and just <laughs> see everything that, how this works from a engineering standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, from a financial modeling standpoint, I'll give you everything. I'll show it to you. But the condition is this. I'm not selling it to you. I'm going to build these at all your different landfills. I'm going to own the technology. I'm going to operate the technology. And I'm just going to share revenue with you. I'm going to pay you basically for your garbage. Okay, fine. Based upon that premise, we'll, we'll put you through this vetting. Okay, great. So I go through the vetting. And I'm at the C level of this huge company. And they tell me, 
at the end, they said, look, if you can really do this, we're going to keep you busy for the rest of your life. I said, well, I can. They said, okay, well, then come down to our headquarters and do the presentation to our top people. So I spent five and a half hours in a conference room with their top people. They're like, this looks great. We can't shoot holes in it. So then they dove into the financial model. They come back to me. They go, this is bulletproof. Okay, do a proposal for us for this one city. And I said, okay, fine. So I did a proposal for them. And at the end, they go, ah, we don't want to do it there because um, we have a landfill there. So go to this other city where we don't have a landfill and do a proposal for that. Okay, fine. So I did a proposal to build two plants at this one facility in California where they didn't have a landfill. So turned in this 34-page proposal, and this is in March of 2011. Three weeks later, I get a call from my contact at this big company, and he goes, well, George, um, they don't want to do your business model. They want to buy your technology and pay you a small royalty. And I said, no way. That's not what we sat down and talked about a year and a half ago. I'm not yeah. selling the technology. Well, sorry, that's what they want to do. And there's a long story that goes beyond that. So from that point in time, literally in the last 10 years, I have gone to 150 cities, counties, <coughs> and garbage companies. Now, every time I went to a new place, I would go to the garbage company first and say, out of respect to you, I would like to do this here. The city called me. They want to do it. Will you work with me? And a lot of times they said, yeah, we'll work with you. Give us a proposal. You get all the way to the end. They go, no, nah, sorry, we don't want to do this with you. <laughs> okay, fine. Then I'd go to the city. And then the city would say, oh, this is a really interesting idea. We have to put it out to RFP. Well, okay, they put it out to RFP and they write the RFP so that I can't qualify because they're working with the garbage companies, right? So I, I do this over and over and over again and it's driving me crazy because every single time the same thing's happening. It's rinse, lather, repeat, right? The same thing keeps happening. Well, then California ends up putting in these new laws. The, the latest one is called SB 1383 where every city and county has to get to 75% organics diversion broadly. Yeah defined by the year 2025. Now I have a couple cities in the state of California that are very interested in this technology. And I, I'm hopeful that in the next month to three months, I'm going to get one of them to say yes. And when they say yes, and I build this plan, it's game over for everybody. Because when all the other cities finally recognize what we can really do. Now, keep in mind, all the equipment that we use is proven commercially operated for decades. The only difference between what I'm doing and what's happening right now is I'm putting everything on one site, okay? So right now, when you recycle your paper, it ends up in a paper mill that's making new paper products, right? You recycle your plastic, the same thing is happening. I'm just doing it all on one site. So the way they've kept me out of this game is by saying, oh, two things, A, where has this been done before? The exact same thing that you're doing, where has it been done before? Because we as a city won't do anything for the first time. That's the scam that the garbage industry says. Like, well, I don't know. I don't have a unicorn farm, so I guess I can't show it to you. I can show you, I can show you 500 paper mills using the exact same equipment that I have in the United States producing 100 million tons a year of paper. What's the difference? They're yeah. taking recycled paper that they're importing and putting it through the same exact equipment that I have to make a parent roll of paper. Yeah. And my, my guy that works with me from the paper industry has got 50 years of experience doing it. 
So it's not like we don't know what we're doing. It's yeah, not like everything isn't guaranteed by a $40 billion largest construction company in the world. It's not like any of that. It's just yeah. a matter of you got to get through the corruption of the status quo. There's a lot of money involved in doing it differently. And like I said, I tried to go to them first and say, let's work together. You can still make more money and do the yeah. right thing for the environment. Because this is going to sound weird as a businessman. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not doing this for the money. I don't care about the money. I've been working on this for 25 years and gotten paid zero. In fact, I'm in debt for doing all this. Yeah. I'm doing this to make a difference in the world. I'm doing this because I care about the environment. And I think it's insane to continue to dump perfectly good resources into a hole in the ground. Yeah. Why are we doing this? This is insane. And more importantly, if you were interested in the money, you would have sold your patents. Heck yeah, I would have. Because you know, people you know have told me. You know how many people have, have told me, you know, just sell your patents and walk from this? I, I had the patents like six years ago valued at a billion dollars. That was six years ago. I mean, that's not what it's all about. What, what it's all about is we have to do something about climate change. Okay. I have a solution that will reduce the global climate <laughs> carbon emissions by 30%. But without costing anything. You're fully I mean, recycling but, everything. Yes. Like, everything's getting used closed loop, which yes. most people have a very so hard th time. Think of a world there. like this. You know, they're all talking about plastics now. We have all these plastics. There's, the, the world produces 2.5 billion tons a year of waste. 450 million tons of that is plastic. Okay. <clears throat> think about this. And it's all single use. And now people are starting to talk about, I saw a podcast or a, a, an interview the other day with somebody from a big company in the recycling business who's promoting reuse of single use plastics. Now think about the insanity of that, right? Take your shampoo bottle. I'm going to wash it out, set it out the curb and have it picked up by, you know, the, the, the new uh, milk delivery man, but the shampoo the milkman, container yeah. guy, and they're, they're going to bring it to someplace. They're going to wash it out and then refill it and then come back. So you're going to be paying $25 a, a bottle for your shampoo. That's nuts. How about this idea? All the plastic shampoo bottles and deodorant sticks and everything else that isn't typically recyclable in a community comes back to the eco hub and we recover all of it. We wash it and we use the, the raw materials to make new bottles. Don't you think that would be a hell of a lot less expensive and more but effective? But also not only new bottles. You could use that for paving everything. stones. You everything. Could use for, yeah, finishings on buildings. I know Ikea's using everything. See, the, the back-end technology suite, I have 40 technologies right now that we can bolt onto the back-end for everything. We can go chemical conversion. We can go plastic pelletizing. We can go right into plastic products. I mean, it's a never-ending library of technologies that bolt onto the outside, just like apps on your phone, right? Yeah. It's never-ending. So my whole thing is, why can't we take everything in the U.S. waste stream, everything, and make it into new products, and then we don't have to use raw materials? There's no yeah. reason to, to use trees to make paper anymore. Why, why would there be? I mean... We have plenty of it hanging around. Let me tell you something. This is a side issue, but it really isn't. Paper towels. Yes. Okay. Paper towels. There's only one brand of paper towels, seventh generation, that uses 100% post-consumer recycled content. All the other people use virgin wood pulp because of the tech, the 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 the, um, the qualities of the towel. Right. You can't get the absorbency. You can't get the tensile strength through 
typical recycled fibers. You have to go to the nth level on that. Well, we're working on technology right now. We know we can do this. We can make first quality type paper towels out of 100% post-consumer recycled product. No one else can do that. But you have to get into the science of what's in a towel and fiber technology and all that other stuff. But that's where we're taking everything so that we don't have to cut down trees anymore to make new paper products. We don't need to take hydrocarbons to use to make plastics when we can take the plastics that are already in the stream and make them into new plastics in a closed loop, right? Yeah. And if you can establish yeah. a value for plastic in the developing world, which we can do, if you can actually pay people for garbage, which we can do in the developing world, in the developing world, it's like 60 to 80% food waste and yard waste. It's like 10 to 15% film plastic. Hmm. And it's like five to 10% inerts because everything else of value, the rigid plastics, paper, metal, that's all recovered by scavengers and sold in the market. So that's what you have left over. Okay. And that's why you've got all this plastic in the middle of the ocean. There's five rivers in Asia that are letting that all go into the center of the Pacific Ocean. It's mostly film plastic and plastic that has no value. Well, when we take that garbage and separate it and then make it into renewable power, renewable fuels, drinking water and fertilizer, there's a lot of money in that. Think yes. about us being able to go into communities and say, we're going to pay you for all that garbage. Get all that plastic out of the river and we'll pay you a penny or two cents a pound for it. I mean, it would be gone like that, yeah. right? People would be incentivized to actually pick right. it up. Right. So again, recognize the value of it if you can take it to the next level and make it all go away. You know, the whole idea when I started this is you have to have, it has to be economically viable or you can't get business interested in this. You can't just go from the esoteric standpoint or forget about what the costs are associated with this. You got to figure out a way to maximize the value so it's profitable so you can get big companies yeah. to back you. That's why I've got, I've got like $150 billion a year worth of companies that are backing me because they see like this huge construction company that does $40 billion a year. It's the biggest construction company in the world. That's my partner. Oh, good. They see that Backing me, when I get one plant, we're going to build 3,000 of these things across the country. And they're going to make money building that plant, which is fine with me because I make a lot of money making products. So I want them to make a profit. And so I've kind of created this financial model to do the right thing, right? To do That's the right thing. Exactly. So now that we've kind of, we've gone, we, there's so much to, to address in this conversation that I wish we had more time. But how can people find you? What do you need? from me, from the general public, other than spreading the word, how can we get this thing going? What can we do? Well, what we could do is start talking to your local council people, you know, especially in California, yeah. because you're now faced with what are we gonna do? The cities have gotta try to make these decisions of what are we gonna do to meet the new re recycling and diversion laws, SB 1383. You know, are you interested in having your city council look at an alternative like EcoHub, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and call your council people and say like, I know we have this new law that we have to comply with. I've heard on this podcast that there's a different way of doing it. We want you to reach out and talk to these people at EcoHub. I mean, Perfect. we have a website, it's ecohub.net. It's getting retooled in the next few weeks. So it's not very good right now. I'm just a small company, right? Yeah, but, it's fine. But here's the deal, right? All I want 
is people to understand what we can do, what is possible, right? I'm just one person wanting to make a difference in the world. Everybody has the power to change the world if they just get involved, right? And I've been on this fight for 25 years. I'm never, ever going to give up. I've been shot down in flames so many times I can't believe, but I get up every day because it's worth it, right? Because I just think about the end goal. All I got to do is build one plant and show everybody, and then everyone's going to come to me and we'll build them all around the world and everybody benefits from it, you know? And my whole thing in the long run is as an American, wouldn't it be cool to ship this technology out to the rest of the world and say, here's a little gift from America, you know, here's a peace offering. Let's, let's show you how to lift yourselves out of poverty by taking all this garbage that's causing all the health problems and damage to your environment, cleaning up the environment and providing the things that you need, renewable energy, renewable fuel, water, and, and food. Like, this is from America. Isn't that better than shipping out warplanes? Absolutely. And now that everyone, you know, one thing to talk about is the environmental social governance or ESG that everybody's now going to be required to comply with and financially disclose. This right. is something that you could disclose. A company could make this offering. Right. build this Because plant. let me tell you one other thing that we're going to do. All right. We're, sure. we're, we're working with a huge, um, uh, another huge company on automation, simulation and controls. So, you know, in California, they supposedly track, you know, the diversion and, and the way that they do it is they do these things called waste characterization studies, which is where like literally this is how it works, is that you take 25 test samples of 200 pounds randomly selected out of loads of garbage. And you have a whole bunch of people sitting around on a spread out towel with a triple beam balance scale. And they're pulling out every little thing and they're weighing it and going, okay, Let's attach some statistical pr- probability to this and determine what's in the waste stream. That's how they do it. Yes. Which is like, okay, that's caveman, yes. right? That that mm-hmm. doesn't, because everybody's consumption habits are different, right? Like if you yeah. think about, you live in a neighborhood, your neighbor might have young kids in diapers and the next door neighbor to that might be old folks that don't have kids, you know, and they have different buying habits. They eat out all the time. Some people cook all the, you know, it's all different, right? So you can't, determine all that. Anyway, with our system in this fully mechanized 90-step process, we're going to have sensors and load cells and simulation equipment where we're literally going to weigh every single thing that's in the waste stream so that in real time, we're going to know exactly how much of every single material there is in the waste stream. And then we're going to apply the carbon savings, the energy savings, the tree savings, the water savings, in real time on everything in that community's waste stream. That's totally 100% legit, all measured with instrumentation. So that you have real exposure on this and and talk about some of these big consumer product companies that have you know these new goals. We wanna to get to 100% post-consumer recycled content in our packaging by 2030. We wanna be 100% sustainable. We wanna be carbon neutral by this, this period of time. Well, you look at a company like Amazon. Amazon is single-handedly responsibly, responsible for doubling the amount of cardboard in the U.S. waste stream. Not their fault, right? I mean, people are buying stuff. It goes yeah. in the boxes, right? Yeah. So we hook up with an Amazon. I'm not saying we're going to do this. I would like to do it, right, to go yeah, to Amazon yeah, and say, look, we can go into this community and get every single box and every single ounce of paper, and we can make it in new boxes for you in a carbon-negative facility. You know, you want to talk about being sustainable, right? You go to other big companies, 
you know who they are, the big consumer products companies. And you yeah. say, I can get every single diaper, every single hygiene product in this area because the mechanical separation system will, believe it or not, sort it out. Again, by robots, not by people. I'm not going to have somebody pick up an old dirty yeah, diaper. Right, but a robot does it. Who cares? No hygiene issue with that. Right, right. All 100% mechanical. It, it goes through this other process, and we make the, the building blocks, the plastic pellets, the super absorbent material, and the cellulose to make new diapers. So you have a closed-loop diaper on a disposable diaper. And you could say to that consumer products company, every single diaper in this city is getting repurposed into a new diaper. And, and you don't have to wash the old cloth ones. You know, it's not like you're contributing to the wastewater treatment plant. Everything's yeah. purified. And it also solves a very large component of our landfill issues. Believe it or not, you know, diapers are four to six percent. Four to six percent what? Of the waste stream. Oh, I believe it. Absolutely. That's a lot, right? So what I'm saying is, is like all these consumer products companies, and I'm going to go to all of them once I have one contract to build one plant. I'm going to say, you can be part of this thing. You should be part of this thing because it's the only way you're going to get the materials that you need. Yeah. You know, that's that's the bottom line. There's not enough content right now for them to get to their goals because the garbage companies don't have really any incentive to do it. And there's not enough in the recycling stream of the types of plastics that they need to actually do what they want to do. So we have that solution. And if they really want to do a closed loop, if they really want to get to zero waste, if they really want to reduce their carbon footprint, we have the way to do it. And everybody needs to be involved. I'm just one guy you know, with a dream, working my tail off for free, I need help. Yeah. And that's why, that's what this is all about. This is about directing people to you, to EcoHub, EcoHub.net, correct? Yes. .net. Focus. So just for everyone out there, focus on the fact that we now have, we have the capabilities. We just have some red tape to get through, kind way of saying red tape. Yeah. Some people like the way things are being done. They don't like change. We no longer have the option to not change. That is no longer a viable option. We have to rethink everything that we've ever done in the past. And the recycling aspect needs to be completely refigured. And I think you have it. Thank I think you. you've got it. Out of everyone that I know that's into recycling, the fully closed looped, carbon neutral, carbon negative, reducing even the carbon footprint with the pickup. Yes, cycling. exactly. Three streams down to one. That's exactly. huge. It, and it that's is. Positive too. I mean, it's you know what? And go back to the original premise. Everybody can make a difference. It doesn't take much. Just Everybody call your city council. <laughs> call your city council and say, we got to meet these new regulations. I, I, I heard about this company, EcoHub. Reach out and talk to them. They're not yes. going to bite you. you know, I'm not going to hold a gun to your head and make you do it, but hear me out and let me tell you what we can do for you. It's not going to yes. cost you anything. There's no risk. and We can solve the problem and reduce the cost to your constituents. Who's not going to like that? And a discussion never hurt anybody. Never. That's that's the most important thing. Always be open to all conversations. Always take the phone call as the best advice I ever took in my entire professional career. Take the You're phone right. call. So You're on right. that, George, thank and you I, so and much. I, and I get that all the time. Like when I yeah. get people calling me with technologies all the time, 90% of them might be bogus, but I'm going to take every single call, right? Because just on the chance that maybe this is a new technology that I can use. So that's great advice. Yeah. You just take your listeners call. and I really yeah. appreciate it. Of course. So thank you, George. This has been awesome. Again, people look up ecohub.net. Great ideas. We just need one to get this thing rolling. So call your councilmen, call your mayors, call your governors, call anybody, call Amazon. Who knows Jeff Bezos? Call Jeff Bezos. Tell him he needs to do this. 
So thank you for that. We will end our broadcast and we will see you very soon. Have a great day. Thank, thank you so you. much. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. Bye.